This is the Careers in Review podcast. We'll show you how to navigate the job market and career space like a pro. Starting now, here is your host, Ediana Rosen. Hello, career reviewers, and welcome back to the Careers in Review podcast. I'm your host, Ediana, and in today's episode, we're going to be talking about five tips on finding a job right after being laid off. Before we jump into today's episode, I just want to let you know that I am so excited about this episode because it's slim pickings out there. I have been reading all the news, I've been on LinkedIn, and I gotta say, it's a little bit depressing, and all I've been seeing is people getting laid off left and right, which is so sad, and... To no fault of your own, the market is just acting a little bit weird right now. For the last months, I want to say since November of last year, a lot of companies have been laying off tons of people. And I do want to start this conversation by saying that being laid off is no fault of your own, has nothing to do with your performance, with your competence, and you as a person or as an employee. Many would say that it has nothing to do with companies' decisions. However, most recent news would stand to defer on that. So let's talk a little bit about the reason why layoffs happen to begin with. I believe that the reason why these layoffs are happening this time around is because companies in reality just overhired. That's just plain simple what happened during the pandemic. These companies just got super excited about what was going on with the market, people being at home, buying and purchasing and doing everything from home. They essentially just made poor financial decisions by hiring way too many people to do the same exact job. And they didn't think of the overhead financial economic burden that that was going to essentially do for their long-term decisions in the company. So now they need to essentially cut their losses, which is the employees are out there in the market. And the most affected from what I'm seeing in the news on LinkedIn and within my own network are TA professionals or talent acquisition professionals, which just is near and dear to my heart. As you know, I was a recruiter for over eight years and I recently was able to transition into a new role, which I am so grateful for. But again, it still just breaks my heart that people in this particular industry just feel so disposable, which is one of the main reasons why I wanted to switch industries when it comes to my role, because every time that something like this happens in the economy, employers just feel like they can just get rid of us, aka recruiters. So let's talk about what happens during a layoff, right? Before we get into the five tips. Getting laid off, again, please ingrain that in your head, because I do know how difficult it can be mentally, especially if you're very careers driven, to ask yourself, what is wrong with me? Why was I laid off? Did I do something wrong? Should I be more productive? Could I have stayed a little bit later or come in a little bit earlier? And the answer to those questions most likely is always going to be no. When a company lays you off, sometimes it's due to external or external forces like a business merger, drops in profit, or a recession, which has inhibited the company's ability to sustain its staff. Sometimes the company makes these decisions because they believe that by cutting headcount, they will be able to stop the bleeding. And most likely, the bigger the company, and if they are publicly traded, these decisions are not being driven by their own leadership team. They're being driven by their stakeholders, people who own the company, the stocks, and essentially all they care about is their dividends, how much money is in their pockets and how much money they're going to be getting every close of day. So the least overhead, aka the biggest expense that a company has or overhead is their employees. So the more people they cut, the more people they lay off, the more money sometimes they're going to save. In the long term, I don't believe that that's the best way to do it, but that's just what these companies have done year after year every time that they see themselves in situations like this. If you have been laid off, 
this is what essentially happens with your benefits and compensation in case you're not aware of. This is not what this topic is about, but I do want to give you a very high level overview, like a 30,000 foot view overview of what it would happen. So you're more likely going to be eligible for unemployment. So make sure that you're looking up in the United States, in your state, what the laws are, what the paperwork is that you need to fill out. Your HR person should have given you some sort of document, usually in New Jersey, which is where I'm located. They do need to give you a document with the EIN number, the last date that you worked, and a bunch of other documents that will essentially tell you to file for unemployment. And essentially, this is going to happen through the State Department of Labor. So just make sure that you have all of the documents that you need before you exit the company. Depending on the company, you're also going to essentially have some sort of severance package. And again, this is usually optional on the company. They either give you notice or they give you severance. So some companies are more generous than others. And this is the reason why it's so important for you to have some sort of financial runway especially this time. So if you have not been laid off yet and you do see some sort of signs that things might be going sideways on your company, make sure that you buckle up and have some sort of emergency savings, some sort of runway financially, because if this company decides to just let you go and not give you any severance, then we're going to be in a pickle. Something else that you need to consider as well is the benefits in healthcare, as well as some sort of continuity for your 401k, stack options if you do have them, and some sort of paid unused vacation time. So when I mean by benefits, it's that depending on when you're terminated, usually if it happens in, in a good timing, it's best to be terminated in the beginning of the month because that way you can carry that coverage of the benefits towards the end of the month. Now, you're also potentially could be offered COBRA, which means that you should be able to cover the expenses out of packet, but you'll be able to maintain the same coverage of benefits that you had at the company. If not, you can go through whatever coverage you have at the marketplace. This is all within the United States. That's all that I'm familiar with. Now, when it comes to unpaid vacation time, if you do not have unlimited vacation time at your company, they will be paying that out to you as well in a monetary basis. The 401k, if you do have 401k within your company, you can do a rollover into an IRA or some companies do hold on to that as well. But again, that's not going to accrue or anything. Just have to make sure that you're, there are not going to be any penalties for that money to be sitting there without any type of transactions. All right. So let's jump into the juicy topic today. I, before we do the five tips, I also want to tell you a few statistics of what's been going on lately in the layoff world, because it's just wild. And the reason I want to talk to you about these numbers is because I do, I think it's important for you to understand that this is not a you problem. This is just what's going on with the economy, the market and everything else. So 15.5 million people in the United States have been laid off in 2022. 15.5 million people in the United States have been laid off in 2022. That is an astronomical number. More than 102,000 employees have been laid off in the tech industry alone in 2023. By the way, by the time that I'm recording this podcast, it's the beginning of May. So it's the first week of May and over 100,000 employees have been laid off just in one sector, just in the technical industry. It's insane to me. Another statistic that really blew my mind is that 40% of Americans have been laid off at some point in their career. I raised my hand because I'm one of those people in that 40%. 28% of Americans claim that they were laid off from their company in their previous last two years. Now, I just want you to sit with those statistics for a second because sometimes when that happens, you can't help but to feel like just a number. And so I want you to just sit for a minute with those statistics because it sucks. It feels very personal. 
And it is personal because it is your job. This is how you provide for yourself. This is how you pay your bills. But sometimes when companies make these decisions, they're only thinking of the ROI, the bottom line. Just very recently in the last few weeks, Amazon laid off 9,000 employees in the last few weeks. And that was the second round of layoffs that they did since November of last year. I will also be leaving the resources that I'm mentioning and where I'm getting all of these statistics linked in the show notes for you to read because it's a very extensive list of stats and very enlightening numbers that I think would be important for you to be aware of. Not to be depressing or anything, but I think it's important for you to understand the grand scheme of things that, you know, sometimes we're like very small part of this situation in the bigger scope. All right. So something that I wanted to talk about when it comes to a layoff, which I've been through one before, right in the middle of the pandemic in 2020, is yeah, you need to take time to process what's been going on, what just happened. Being through a layoff will put you through a lot of emotions and that's totally normal. You can feel anger, sadness, anxiety. There's so many things that can go through your head in the moment and confusion as well. You feel like what just happened? What am I going to do? What's next? Should I look for a job? Should I not? Should I wait it out? What am I going to do with this severance package? How should I budget it? There's so many things that go through your mind. Am I going to be hired again? Are they going to think that I was a lazy employee? Are they going to think that they chose me because of XYZ? Was it a random choosing of my name? All of those things. So I think it's very important for you to allow yourself some time to process these emotions before you start your job search because it's really going to help you be sharp when you're getting yourself out there to start researching for the jobs that you really want and need. If you want a detailed episode on what to do immediately right after layoff, because it's more of a pragmatic step-by-step on how to find a job after layoff, I am more than happy to do an episode on that. Please let me know by going to my Instagram at Careers and Review and DM me and let me know that you want a full episode on what to do exactly right after layoff. Happy to do that. All right. So the first tip I have for you on how to find a job right after layoff is to create a job searching strategy. What I mean by that is, as our friend Benjamin Franklin once said, if you fail to plan, you are planning to fail. Simple as that, right? So having a strategy is really going to help you have a vision of what it is that you want, what don't you want, and be able to really be laser focused on the things that you want to leave behind. You know, I feel like Going through a layoff is awful and everything that it comes with it, but it also gives you to, uh, the opportunity to have a clean slate and to look at things in a different light, to have a positive view on what are the opportunities that you're going to have moving forward and be able to have a potential list of new companies that you would have never considered, new contacts, new commitments to your life and career that will be able to really essentially open up new doors and new opportunities in the horizon. What I mean by this is commit yourself to a understand how many hours a week you're going to be dedicating to connect with others, to reach out to companies, to prepare your documents like your resume, your networking strategy, how are you going to balance everything when it comes to your mental health, give yourself a break, go on LinkedIn and start reaching out to people. So right now in this market, it's taking people anywhere between 100 to 120 applications for one offer. I've seen very few anomalies here and there when people apply for 20 to 25 jobs and then they get an offer, but those are for very niche roles. Back before everything was the way it is right now, it would take anywhere between 15 to 25 roles to apply for a job if you were really focused to get a job offer. Today, it's taking people anywhere between 120 applications and anywhere between 6 to 12 months to see an offer. That's how long people have been in this job search, which is mind-blowing to me. 
Now, I actually came across while I was doing research for this episode of how you can break down your time if you are looking for a job, depending on the stage that you're in, because sometimes you could potentially would have been laid off, but also this is graduation season. So I also want to take into consideration that there's a whole nother generation of people who are graduating, getting ready to start their jobs. And they have been dealt such a difficult card right now because they're graduating, there's not enough jobs, and there's so many qualified candidates out there who actually have experience in the corporate space who are competing for entry-level jobs that would have already been essentially jobs for new graduates. So I want to give you some understanding of what that would look like, like how much time should you be dedicating to your job search. So if you're in your last semester of school, aka graduating, you're a senior, it says here that you should be spending anywhere 10 to 20 hours per week on your job search. You're going to kickstart your job searching by going to the careers office at your school, setting up informational interviews, essentially having a list of companies that you really want to target, having a very clear vision of who you want to talk to, what is it exactly that you want to do. And it's, I know that is very difficult as a new graduate that you really shouldn't know what is it exactly that you want to do and have your life figured out that's totally fine but at least having an idea a general idea of where you want to go for your first year it's going to be very important and also understanding that 10 to 20 hours per week is going to be in addition to everything else that you're doing like your capstone graduation prep and all of those other things so I think that your last semester of college should be dedicating anything between 10 to 20 hours per week now, if you're recently unemployed, aka you have been laid off, you should be spending anywhere between 30 to 40 hours per week. So almost like a full-time job. And this time is going to be dedicated on you actively searching for jobs, targeted jobs. And you're going to be dedicating enough time to tailoring your applications for each of these jobs. You're not going to be spraying and praying that methods does not work. I've been testing it. People that I mentor told me this does not work. People are applying for 50 to 60 applications per week. And it's just overwhelming for people, especially when they are not qualified for the jobs that they're applying to. So essentially what you're going to be doing within these 30 to 40 hours per week, you're going to be really emphasized on the networking aspect of things. You're going to be reaching out to people for potential coffee chats. And when it comes to networking in this part of your job search when you're recently laid off and you do not have any network at all is going to be a numbers game because these are strangers on the internet if you're going to do the networking aspect electronically that don't owe you a thing so you should be reaching out with zero expectations that they're going to be responding so you can try to change your environment if you get bored if you're at home you can go out for a walk or go for a coffee place to just kind of change your environment and, and get your creative juices going you're going to be pitching people you're also going to take the opportunity to potentially start creating your own projects as well maybe you can do a little bit of consulting to be able to get some money on the side if you're not bringing any money at all in the meantime and you're going to create a schedule for yourself that works for you if you're a morning person try to wake up a little bit earlier when you think that your brain is going to work the best at that time, that you're going to feel more energized, that you're going to be in your best mood, things like that. So again, if you're recently unemployed, recently laid off, you're going to be spending anywhere between 30 to 40 hours per week trying to target your job search between networking, connecting with those companies, reaching out to people that potentially have the same job as you, trying to establish that connection, and make sure that you are providing value, not just asking like, hey, can I get a job? Hey, here's my resume. I was recently laid off and I want a job. Now you're going to establish a connection with these people. And again, I have a juicy, juicy podcast episode coming very soon on how to establish these relationships the right way. So please make sure that you're subscribing to the show and putting on the notifications so that you're not missing that. The next piece is that if you are currently in a company, 
and are afraid that your job might be eliminating soon or that you're miserable at your company and have a job but want to get out of it in this crazy market, you should be spending anywhere between 8 to 10 hours per week in your efforts to find a new role. So these 8 to 10 hours per week should be essentially dedicated to networking, building connections, reaching out, and sometimes tailoring your resume to potential opportunities that you might see, whether that's internally at your company that you might want to switch roles or outside of your company, whether that's for a new industry, for a new position, and a new company, for lack of a better word. So essentially, the reason why you want to emphasize so much time on the networking piece is because right now it's just a tough market where there's close to 2,000 applicants per job opening. That's the stats that I saw not too long ago on somebody posting it on LinkedIn, more of like an anecdotal type of stat. But that was astonishing to me. I was speechless when I saw that number because... Not even in the peak of 2020, when remote work was a new thing, did I ever see that many applications come through for one job posting alone. So you are competing with so many people. And when you do have a warm introduction with somebody that potentially knows what it's like to communicate with you, what it's like to see you face to face, you're going to have a little bit of an unfair advantage there. So you do want to spend a little bit more time dedicated to positioning yourself as a thought leader in the space especially if you are miserable at your job and you just want to get out of there. But making sure that you're not saying it this way and just kind of establishing yourself as somebody that's positive and just looking for a change and looking for career advancement. All right, so now that you have a job searching strategy, you know what your schedule is going to be like, you know your situation, whether you're a recent grad, have been recently unemployed or laid off, or you're currently miserable at your job or have suspicions that your job is going to go through a round of layoffs. Now that you have all of that figured out, You're going to spend some time as well during those hours in the week to put a plan together of, okay, during this time, I'm going to be dedicated to updating my resume. During this time, I'm going to be dedicated to updating my LinkedIn. During this time, I'm going to be dedicating to reaching out to people. And tell me how many people you're going to be reaching out to. What is your goal for the end of the day? What is your goal for the end of the week? And if those people do not reach back out to you, make sure that you are putting yourself calendar invites for yourself to follow up. Following up in this case is going to be extremely important. And nah, you're not annoying people. You do not annoy me if you follow up with me. People are busy. Right now, there's just so many people in my inbox needing my time, needing my help. And if I am not able to help, I will let you know. Unfortunately, right now, I do not have the time for XYZ reasons. And no is a full sentence. So if people tell you, no, right now is not the best time, please do not get offended. It's just that there's just so many things that are going on behind the scenes that you might not be aware of. But at least you shot your shot. You put your name out there. You know that at least you have that connection. And if right now is not a good time, maybe a month or two from now will be a good time. So please make sure that you're not discarding yourself from following up in making sure that you're putting yourself out there. I know that is uncomfortable, but you got to do what you got to do because if you really want that job, sometimes the person that's most insistent, of course, you need to have the qualifications for it. But the one that's the most insistent, the one that puts themselves in that uncomfortable situation is the one that ends up with the opportunity. The next step that I wanted to tell you about when it comes to landing a job right after a layoff is updating your resume. And I know that might sound basic or cliche, but sometimes not overlooking the low-hanging fruit is what's really going to get you a step closer to where you want to go. So once you have a clear strategy of what company you might want to target, and that company should be a list between 15 to 25 companies that I would want you to target. And within those 15 to 20 companies, I want you to have anywhere between 15 to 20 contacts within those companies. It's going to be a really good strategy for you. Now, let's talk about the resume piece. 
once you have a clear strategy of how much time you're going to be spending, who you're going to be contacting, what type of companies you want to be in, it's best to start with the resume. The way that you're going to be updating your resume is going back to your performance evaluations, going back to recommendations you've gotten in the past, any emails giving you kudos. You're also going to take a look at 10 to 15 job descriptions that you might want to target and dump those in a word cloud. And any words that might come up that are repeated or constantly coming up on the job descriptions, you want to make sure that those appeared on your resume as well. Of course, make sure that you have done those things. We do not want you lying on your resume. But you just want to make sure that you are including those languages in there because the person reviewing your resume wants to understand that you understand the company, that you understand what's being asked of you, and that you are aware of what language is used for that industry, for that role, for that job description, for the responsibility that's expected of you once you were to show up and take the job. So that's why it's important to have a strategy. That's why it's important to understand where exactly is it that you want to go. Even if you're unsure that that's what you want to do, you do not want to confuse the reader. You do not want to come across on your resume like you're all over the place, like you're insecure, like you're a generalist and want to do three different jobs at once. Something else I want to make sure that you have on your resume is that attention to detail is super important. There's so many things in the job search that are out of your control. Resume is not one of them. Resume is extremely in your control to make sure that it's perfect, that is neat, that is completely grammar error free. This is something that's going to demonstrate one of the soft skills that people love to put on their resume, attention to detail, but do not spell it out. Show me that you have attention to detail. Attention to detail is one of the soft skills that a lot of people want, but not a lot of people possess. The way that you can demonstrate that is by having an error-free resume. An error-free resume is really not that well noticed because if it's error-free, it's like, okay, that's the standard. Now, if you have one error, it's going to be highly noticeable. So you want to make sure that you are having a friend or somebody that you trust, a second set of eyes, just making sure that you are reviewing it with someone else, reading it out loud before you start sending it out to the world. Something else is having a clear vision, giving the reader context on what it is exactly that you want to achieve with your resume. What type of role do you want to land? Do not make assumptions that the person reading your resume will know what it is you do or what it is you want. Spell it out for them. You need to know who you are, where you want to go, and why you want to do it. That's very, very important. Now, let me give you some quick rapid fire tips on what to have on a resume that's going to help you land your next job. You just want to make sure that you don't dump all of your skills in one resume. Your resume just needs to be tailored and very strategic about the role that you want next. You don't need to put all of your sales associate jobs from when you were in high school or as long as that's relevant, you can leave it. If it's not relevant or concise or important to the next job you're applying to, leave it out. The next thing is that you need to understand the outline of your resume. So just make sure that you have a full list of metrics, of accomplishments, and impact on your resume as opposed to a laundry list of responsibilities. No need to have an objective statement. Please get rid of that. If you really do want to have a storyline of who you are in a snippet, some recruiters appreciate it, some recruiters don't. This is one of the personal preferences. But we all agree that objective statements are outdated. There's no need for them because we all understand that you as a job seeker are in seeking of a job. That's your objective, to land a job XYZ. So there's no need to waste a real estate, just ditch the objective statement. So if you do want to have some sort of paragraph on the top of your resume that explains how many years of experience you have, what type of industries you've done it in, those years of experience, you just want to call it something like executive summary of professional summary, something along those lines as opposed to objective, something that is adding on to the resume 
that's not repeated, and that is going to give me a quick glance of who you are without me having to read the rest. The next thing is that you need to choose the best format depending on the industry that you're in. If you're in an industry where things are a little bit more archaic and like a little bit more straightforward, the easier for the reader, the better. So it needs to be clean, easy to read, and something that's going to be consistent across the board. I don't want you to use one font on the top and the other font at the bottom and anything that's really hard to read. So you're not going to use a white font on a white paper or a yellow font on a white paper just because those are very contrasty or very hard to read. You want to make sure that you are putting something together where the person that's going to skim your resume at first is going to understand, okay, I can read this pretty quickly. You want to make things easier for the person receiving your document. The next thing is keeping it concise. So you want to make sure that you are including things that are only relevant, which goes back to my first point. Do not include every single point or responsibility or job that you've ever held, because this is just going to take away from the most relevant things that you want to showcase, the most impactful, driven opportunities that you've had in your career. So those are the main things that I wanted to mention when it comes to how to create a resume that's really going to help you stand out in order for you to land your next job after layoff. The next tip, this is tip number three on how to land a job right after layoff, is your LinkedIn profile. A lot of people really do ignore this piece. And again, please do not ignore the low-hanging fruit. Again, this might sound super basic, but if you depend just on outbound, on just applying for jobs, you might be neglecting inbound things. So just make sure that you're utilizing the internet to your advantage. LinkedIn is there as a social media platform and it utilizes SEO or search engine optimization to work in your favor. So let's say that you're applying for jobs and people are coming to you at the same time. You are now doubling your chances at potentially landing interviews and therefore potentially even landing a job offer a lot sooner than your counterparts who are not utilizing LinkedIn. The reason why I wanted to mention LinkedIn is because LinkedIn every single day is increasing the number of people that are landing roles because of LinkedIn. Something else that blew my mind, the statistic, is that 77% of recruiters use LinkedIn regularly. So people who want to find you are on that platform. So know your audience. Go to where your audience is. Something else is that 52 million people search for jobs every single day on LinkedIn. So it's no surprise that recruiters are going to be there. They understand that their job seekers are going to be active on that platform. So you do want to be a part of those 52 million people. And in comparison, there's over 800 million users on LinkedIn. So it's a very small percentage of people who are looking for jobs compared to how many people are on the platform. So it's not like you're going to be saturated in a way because there's just so many users, but there's not that many people looking for jobs. So take that site to your advantage. Again, I'm going to be linking this blog that has all of these stats so that you can essentially see the reason why I think it's so important for you to utilize LinkedIn to the best of your ability. I do have a blog that breaks down all of the details on how to maximize your LinkedIn profile in a way that's going to make you stand out to recruiters, is going to make you appear on search a lot sooner and a lot more frequent for recruiters as well. It's a blog post completely free. It's on my website. I'm going to be linking it in the show notes for you to access it. And a shameless plug here as well. I have a newsletter that I have never sent a single email to anybody for over two years. And I have over 20,000 people on that newsletter. If you have not signed up, I will be leaving the link 
in the show notes for you to go ahead and sign up if you're interested because what I'm planning on doing is to not bore you just with regular emails. I'm going to be sending out any new jobs that come across my desk. I, I am signed up for a lot of job boards alerts because of the people that I mentor. I like to keep them updated with the new jobs that come my way. So I'm going to be sending out those new alerts that I get on those job boards. And job boards is not just LinkedIn, Monster, Glassdoor, and things like that. There's other job boards that I will also be giving you access to during the newsletter. So if you're not signed up yet, make sure that you sign up in the show notes. The link will be there. And again, no spam over here, just something that's going to be super important and of value to you. So, so far we have covered making sure that you have a job strategy and understanding your schedule, depending on your situation, whether you're a recent grad, have been recently laid off or unemployed or are at a miserable job or have some sort of suspicions that your job is going to be laying you off soon. The next piece was updating your resume. And the piece that we just covered was updating your LinkedIn so that you have some sort of inbound messaging coming from recruiters. Now on to the fourth piece of how to land a job right after layoff, and that is to start to network. And I kind of hinted that a little bit earlier on, on your strategy piece. Before you cringe and, and click out of this podcast episode, please just stay for a little bit. I'm going to convince you to understand the reason why networking is so important. And the word networking makes you think of, you know, people in suits and having, you know, stuffy conversations about, hey, let's exchange business cards. But networking, essentially think of it as relationship building, trust building, rapport building, and long lasting friendships. That's how I think of networking. If you do it the right way, you will never have to ever be in this situation again when it comes to job searching. And I've made the mistake of networking and relationship building and not following up the right way, which is why I've created a tracker to help you stay on the right path. I will be linking that below completely free. You can download it. And it's a Google sheet. It's super simple to maintain. And it's just to keep track of the people that you're meeting, where you're meeting them, who's their contact information, why do you want to connect with them? When's the last time you reached out to them? And how are you providing value in that person's life? Again, providing value can be something so simple as, hey, I just saw your name popped up in this article. How amazing. I am so excited for you. Congratulations. That is adding value to someone's life. You don't have to feel like adding value is finding someone a job. You don't have to feel like adding value is buying someone coffee. Okay. So I'll be leaving that linked in the show notes because I've created it for myself because I was noticing that the contacts that I was garnering around my life were just falling by the wayside. And that's just no bueno. Once you understand the reason why networking is important, which I just told you, and if you need more reasons, please let me know by DMing me on Instagram, Careers in Review, or contacting me on LinkedIn, Ediana Rosen. Networking is just my bread and butter. Networking and interviewing, my bread and butter. And I love networking. Hello, I used to be a recruiter, so networking is just my jam. And I love networking with people. I love meeting new, meet new people in my life every single day. And the way to do this is by going to industry events. You can connect to people on LinkedIn. You can reach out to friends and family. You can ask those people to connect you to other people. And there is a way to benefit from this on a mutual way. When you meet someone new, you can ask them something that they're interested in. You can try to find some sort of common ground or common interest that you might have with that person. And even if you don't have something in common, again, by asking people to tell you about them, people love to talk about themselves. So by just being curious and asking them questions, there you establish a connection and some sort of relationship, some sort of rapport. 
where you can just start talking about what are their aspirations? Where do they see themselves? How do they get there? What's their story? Why do they do what they do? If you've met them at, a, at an event, what brings you here today? What are you expecting to get out of this event? Here's what I'm expecting to get out of this event. Do you mind if we connect any further? Where do you live? Maybe if I get there one day, what are the places that you recommend if I were to go there to eat? Something like that. Like don't always make it so stuffy about careers all the time because people sometimes get tired of talking about the same conversations. And I'm sure that everybody else is asking the same questions. So, so ask interesting questions when you are in a networking opportunity conversation, whether that's an informational interview or at an event. The reason why starting to network is going to really help you is, again, because sometimes you might not be aware of certain opportunities within a company because you might not have thought to look there. You might not have thought that that company existed. And sometimes you have passions that you might not be aware that you do have, and they come up in conversation, and a person might mention it like, hey, actually, I know about XYZ. Let me connect you to this person. They might know about a job that will be opening up or that just opened up yesterday or whatever the case might be. That's the reason why networking is so important important because you never know who knows who. Now, some key takeaways from when it comes to networking is that your network essentially can help you with your job search. Let's say that they cannot help you find a job exactly, but they can help you answer your questions. They can help you understand how to interview better. They can help you understand the culture of a company. They can help you with your resume, whether it's by revising it or taking a look at it. Many professionals also have said that they've helped them advance their career. So it's not just getting a job, but also climbing the ladder, right? By getting a recommendation or being vouched for. When you are strategic with your network, you want to make sure that you're finding the right people. It's not just anybody that you want to connect with, but people that you're interested in. I am somebody who loves to connect with people who are smarter than me, who are at a higher position than me, because in reality, and obviously like people who are at the same level as me, because I always want to bring people with me in the journey. It's not just because I want people who are higher than me because that's the only people that can help me, but I always love to surround myself with people who are smarter than me because like, what am I learning? If I'm in a room full of people who I'm the smartest person in that room, I'm in the wrong room, right? Think about it that way. So here are some ideas of who you can network with. You can network from people from your church, gym, yoga studio, a community organization, past or present teachers and professors, anyone from a professional conversation you've had in the past, anybody from college, undergraduate or graduate school, business associates, any past or present clients or customers if you're a salesperson, past or present coworkers, colleagues, managers, supervisors, employees, employers. There's so many people that you can network with. And somebody actually once told me, I tapped out everybody in my network. I'm like, nope, that's not possible. There's some people out there that you have not talked to. Think harder. There's so many people in the world. There's no way that you already have talked to every single person in the world. I challenge you. I challenge you to connect with one more person that you believe you've talked to everybody. I challenge you. All right. The next thing that you need to make sure you are ready for to land their next job after layoff is be prepared for interviews. I cannot tell you how many people are get caught off guard when they're actively searching, actively applying, and then bam, it hits them. Oops, I have an interview and I have no idea what I'm doing. And so you want to make sure that you don't let your nerves get the best of you because confidence is going to be key when it comes to interviewing. And I have a juicy episode coming your way very soon on how to interview with confidence because I am a true believer that that's one of the main reasons why I've gotten the jobs I've gotten. Sometimes I've gotten jobs and I'm like, 
why am I here? Why did I get this job? And that's because I'm a very good, not to toot my own horn, but I think I'm a very good interviewer. And I'm really able to portray my story very well. And I'm able to really communicate exactly what it is the person wants to hear in a way that convey that confidence and that I can do the job. And that although I might be lacking certain areas or that I might not have exactly the experience they're looking for, but I'm, I have a lot of hunger. I'm somebody who learns really quickly and that I will roll up my sleeve and do what it needs to be done in order for me to, to get the job done, right? And to collaborate with the right people. So once you're getting interviews, be sure to prepare thoroughly. When people don't prepare and they show up to interviews, it is very obvious, so sometimes it's, again, when it comes to the job searching process, I think this is one of the pieces that is the toughest to teach because this is going to be out of your control. A lot of these things are going to be out of your control, but there are certain aspects of this piece that will be controllable on your end. And that is to practice, that is to research, and that is to essentially be aware of the most common interview questions that may be coming your way. Like, tell me about yourself. Why do you want to work here? How did you find this job? Why do you want to do this job? What are your weaknesses? What are your strengths? Where do you see yourself in five years? All of those questions might come up. Nine out of 10 times, they will come up on the job interview. So the best thing that you can do is try to prepare for those things because the worst thing is that you know that this interview is coming and you have a possibility that these questions might come up and then you're going to be staring at the person like, uh, what? <laughs> so you just want to make sure that you are prepared with career stories or how you're going to be tying into the job that you're applying to, plus your experiences, your past accomplishments, any metrics that you can talk about, and how you're planning to bring your experience into this role. Now, if you're a recent grad, you can think about any projects, any type of soft skills that you have. Again, soft skills are amazing for people who have no experience because you can demonstrate those things by talking about any story, like becoming a really good storyteller by preparing on these job interviews. The way that you can do this is by researching and networking as well. Within those networking opportunities, you can ask questions like, hey, I want to practice something with you real quick. Let's say that I'm going on to this job interview and I noticed that you've done this role before. If I were to answer this question, what do you think? Do you think that this sound okay? Would you be okay with that? Like if you were the person hiring for this role, would you want to hear something different? These are the questions that you should be starting to ask for somebody who's already doing that role and ask for feedback. Why or why not? Some of the benefits that I wanted to mention as of why it's important to prepare for the job interview is that one, it improves your comfort. So once you prepare for something that's usually on the unknown, you are able to at least have some sort of expectation on what's coming your way. So you are a little bit more at ease and that helps with the nerves. The other thing is that it's going to help you increase your confidence. When you know what are the things that might be coming your way, like expectation on the questions, you might know how to prepare and how to answer those things. So you're going to feel a lot more comfortable and more confident in the way that you're going to answer those things. So it's a lot better to have career conversations prepared to feel more in your power when it comes to answering those things. Some of the things as well that you should be doing and why it's important to prepare is because you can get valuable feedback and so that you don't feel like you're flapping on those questions or saying something that you might not expect somebody that who have done this in the past, like potential people who have done this job, potential recruiters and or hiring managers can help you understand if you can speak a little bit more clearly, a little bit more slower, a little faster, have a little bit more of a positive attitude or maybe spin things around so that you can come on top when it comes to these questions. 
Some of the things that you can do in order to prepare for the job interview is number one is research the company. The way that you can research the company is by going onto Google and toggle onto the news piece of Google to see if there's any news that has come out about this company. Of course, go to the company's website, make sure that you read the mission, the statement, the reason why they do what they do, and try to find out how that company makes money. That's going to be the number one thing. If you can connect those two, how they make money and how that connects to your role, the one that you're interviewing for, that's going to be gold. The thing is that you can also do is research the interviewer. Where did they go to school? What do they do? Why do you think that they're interviewing you? How does their role connect to your role? So that way you can also come prepared with a few questions that you might be able to ask them. You can also prepare for commonly asked questions in the job interview, which I briefly mentioned earlier, but you can come up with questions on the spot as well. So if you're prepared for answering questions that they might ask you, like, tell me about yourself. Why do you want to work here? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What do you see yourself in five years? Things like that. You can also come prepared for some canned questions, although I'm more of a fan of questions about the conversation that are more on the spot and more infused with the conversation that's happening. Sometimes people just don't have that opportunity. So it's important for you to come prepared just in case the conversation doesn't really go the way you expected it to be. You can ask questions like, how is the performance measured for this role? Can you tell me a little bit more about, uh, let's say that you read something on the website and you want to know more about it. Hey, I read XYZ on the website. Do you mind giving me more context around that? I thought that was really cool. It was really important to me as well. And I just wanted to dig in a little bit deeper. And that's a replacement for, hey, can you tell me more about the culture? Because the culture question has become just so generic and it doesn't really give you a lot of insights into how the company actually works. So it's very, very important for you to come up with a more specific way to ask a question based on something that's important to you. Something else that you can do to prepare is to conduct a math interview, various of them if you can, with a friend or somebody who's potentially trained in this aspect, somebody that's in the hiring process to give you some sort of feedback. Now, if you don't have that, there is an AI tool called Udily. I'm going to be linking that in the show notes. It's totally free. And I don't even know why it's free because it's so badass. It's so good. Essentially, what it does is like a Zoom, but for interviews. And it's essentially recording you as you are speaking. You can tell the system what it is exactly that you want to answer, what question you want to talk about. And it gives you feedback on how you're answering it with the power of AI. So I think it's really important for you to prepare yourself. If you don't have a person to kind of do a Mac interview with, you can utilize the power of AI, like a tool like Udily to help you do that on your own. Now let's recap a little bit on the things that we have talked about so far. So these are five tips that you can implement today. If you have been recently laid off or are in the process of graduating and looking for a job to land that job sooner rather than later. So the first one is to have a job searching strategy to make sure that you know and understand what it is that you want what you're looking for, have a target set of companies and understand how much time you're going to be dedicating to your job search day by day, week by week. The next thing is going to be to update your resume, have a concise piece of document that's going to market who you are to the jobs that you want to apply to. The next thing is going to be LinkedIn because essentially you don't want to depend just on outbound and applying for jobs online. You want people to reach out to you as well. And you can utilize LinkedIn to tie into the next one, the next tip, which is start to network with people and make sure that you understand that networking is going to be a long-term strategy, that you should be utilizing your network for essentially moments where you don't need anything because that's how you're going to be establishing genuine relationships. 
And the last piece that I just talked about was be prepared for the one piece of the job interview process where you have control over. So anticipating questions and preparing for the most commonly asked questions like tell me about yourself, where you see yourself in five years, tell me your weaknesses and your strengths, and also coming up with questions to ask the interviewer in case you are not able to formulate questions on the spot, because I am a fan for questions that are a little bit more organic based on the conversation. Now, the last few things that I want to mention for this episode is to please make sure to be kind to yourself, give yourself grace. Job searching can be super tough. So understand that's going to take time to not give up. The most important thing is to stay positive, be persistent, and make sure that you are surrounding yourself with a support system and take breaks when needed. I know that this comes from a place of easy for you to say you have a job, you know how to pay your bills tomorrow. But trust me, I've been there. I was on an 18-month long journey of searching for a job back in 2020. And I understand I've been there. So that's the reason why I'm telling you that it's so important to understand that layoffs are very common, as I mentioned with some of the statistics in the beginning of the show. So I just want you to take care of yourself and understand that your time will come as long as you are implementing strategies, but taking care of yourself and your mental health as well. All right. So I hope that this is helpful. Make sure to check out all of the resources in the show notes, and I will see you on the next episode very soon. Goodbye, career reviewers. From effective networking to landing job offers, this is the podcast for action takers ready to be the best they can be without any fear. This is the Careers in Review podcast. Make sure to never miss an episode of Careers in Review. Subscribe to our podcast newsletter. You will receive exclusive information about upcoming shows, transcripts, and information about our guests. For all resources mentioned, show notes, transcriptions, and more details regarding topics discussed in today's show, please visit the Careers in Review website, www.careersinreview.com slash podcast. You can also follow Careers in Review on all socials for more exclusive video content. Thank you for listening.